The reading this morning is Psalm 65. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer, to you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of the farthest seas, who who formed the mountains by your power, having armed yourself with strength, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves, and the turmoil of the nations. The whole earth is filled with awe at your wonders, where morning dawns, where evening fades, you call forth songs of joy. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain so you have ordained it. You drench its furrows and level its ridges. You soften it with showers and bless its crops. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. The grasslands of the wilderness overflow The hills are clothed with gladness. The meadows are covered with flocks. And the valleys are mantled with grain. They shout for joy and sing. This is the word of the Lord. The Gospel reading comes from John chapter 6, beginning to read at verse 25. When they find him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, When did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, you are looking for me. Not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, from now on give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Here ends the Gospel reading. Lord, we pray that you would fill our hearts this morning with your word. Open us to receive that word. And we pray that you would help us 
to grow in holiness, in faith, and in love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Some of you will know that uh, Nikki and I are blessed with a little one-year-old granddaughter. And one of the things that has really gladdened our hearts is that she seems to love books. And one of her favourite books is a little, one of those little children's board books. And it's called Bright and Beautiful. And the pictures show flowers that are bright and beautiful, birds that are bright and beautiful, eyes that are bright and beautiful. I think you can get the picture. And at the end of the book, there are some words from a song. I think you can probably guess what the song is. All things bright and beautiful. And so we sing it to her. Well, Nikki sings it to her. She likes it better when Nikki does the singing. And she's even started to try sometimes and join in with the song, which is a joy. But I have to confess, it's not my favourite hymn. Perhaps because some of the verses don't seem quite right. The rich man in his castle and so on. But the chorus is great, isn't it? All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Now, I'm going to be talking about that psalm that Malcolm read to us, Psalm 65. And in the psalm that uh, was written by David, um, he, he expresses some similar thoughts to all things bright and beautiful. But he does it very differently, of course. The whole earth, he wrote, is filled with awe at your wonders. You call forth songs of joy. And he paints a picture as the psalm develops of a wonderful God who provides for the people that he's made. But it helps to realise that it's actually a prophetic psalm uh, looking forward to a time when there will be abundance and peace throughout the world. A time, as it said in verse 2, when all people will come to God. And again in verse 7, a time when the turmoil of the nations will be stilled. All war and strife and conflict and oppression will come to an end. It all reminds me of last Sunday morning's sermon. If you were here at the 10 o'clock service, you will will have heard that famous reading from Revelation chapter 21, where John in his vision sees a new heaven and a new earth coming down from God. And how God promises um, to dwell with his people. He will wipe every tear from their eyes, it said. No more death or mourning or crying or pain. And it's a very similar picture that David paints in this wonderful psalm. No wonder that praise features strongly in it right from the start. Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. And the psalm breaks down into three sections, three aspects, if you like, of what God is like. He's a God of grace, a God of power and might, and a God of plenty. And I'd like to spend a few moments just briefly looking at those 
three aspects of God. And because it's Harvest Festival today, let's begin with the God of plenty. And another amazing picture that David gives of abundant growth. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with corn. You crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. Now, I can't claim to know a great deal about growing things. Some of you may have heard my story of going to the garden centre at uh, the end, towards the end of the spring and buying some courgettes and planting them. And then in August, discovering that quite a number of them were actually cucumbers. <laughs> but one thing I have noticed um, this year in particular is that it's been a year of abundance. The blackberries were prodigious. Picking apples for an elderly neighbour, we couldn't believe how many apples there were on the tree. And even my garden, with all its disadvantages in the form of its minder, there was the biggest crop of runner beans that I've had for many years. But we all know that it's not like that everywhere in our world. Drought in East Africa and Yemen has meant that very little has been growing. And I wonder if you've heard about something called the fall armyworm that's been devastating the crops in West Africa, especially the maize. Of course, maize is what David was talking about when he referred to corn. And the prophetic part of our psalm today is that God is going to pour out his abundance on all his people. And that's why God's people now, you and me, we should be at the forefront of those who care about these things. And of course, it all applies more widely than just in the area of harvest. Our gifts today, as we've heard, are going to the food bank to provide for those who don't have gardens or allotments and not enough money to buy the food that they need. And to the YMCA, where a different kind of harvest is needed, a harvest that comes through enabling young people to get jobs, education and training, and so help them to make their way in society. God cares for the land and waters it. He enriches it abundantly. May he stir us up to be contributors to his harvest blessing. And the God of plenty is also the God of might. He's the great creator who, it said in the psalm, formed the mountains by his power, armed with his strength. There's something else about creation that we often forget. Did God create his world and then leave it to its own devices, rather like winding up a clock and letting it run down. People who think like that are called deists. But David was not a deist. I wonder if you noticed that verse 9. You care for the land and water it. You enrich it abundantly. God is active in his world. A God of plenty and a God of might. 
But the beginning of Psalm 65, the first few verses, draw attention to the fact that he's also a God of grace. When we were overwhelmed by sins, it says, you forgave our transgressions. Why did God do that? Because we were somehow deserving of his forgiveness? I don't think so. And even more remarkable is this verse. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. Those that God has chosen. Did you know that adopted children are more special than natural children? That's because they've been chosen by their parents. And we are all God's adopted children. He feeds us and forgives us. Wasn't it great that in that gospel reading, it spoke about Jesus as the bread of life. Whoever comes to me, he said, will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. So the harvest that we're celebrating today isn't just a harvest that provides us with food, but it's also a harvest of God's great spiritual blessings. Our great God is a God of grace. No wonder that David is overwhelmed by praise, with praise for the God who has called him and that he's come to trust. One thing brought this home to me when I read through Psalm 65 more carefully a few days ago. David mentions God over and over again, over 20 times in just 13 verses, mostly using pronouns, you and your. It reminded me of something that happened to me on Monday. My next-door neighbour brought round her copy of the Daily Telegraph. She wanted to show me a short article in the paper entitled, The BBC Doesn't Like Its Religion to Mention God, written by Charles Moore. After drawing attention to the way that Justin Welby always mentions Jesus Christ in his public utterances, Moore wrote about something that happened on Good Friday this year. The Archbishop was invited to speak on Thought for the Day, and Moore made this comment. On seeing his script, the BBC authorities protested that it had too much God in it. I thank God for our Archbishop as he follows in David's steps mentioning God whenever he can. So may we never feel that we have had too much of God. And may the God of plenty, the God of might, and the God of grace fill us with praise for his creation and praise for his ongoing faithfulness and love towards us. Amen.